Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 422 for Tuesday, the 20th of October 2015. Great to see you. Tonight, we are doing a special for you because uh, tomorrow... It's the big day. Tomorrow's the big day. Back to the Future Day. That's right. Marty McFly is landing in 2015 in just about six hours' time. So Yeah, that's right. It was four, what, 4.23 or something like <laughs> Is that. Is that what it was? I think it was like 4.23 in the morning. We're going to learn that today because yes. we're going to be watching it and we're going to be talking to you about some of the technologies that they got right, some of the technologies that they got wrong. That's right. The year 2015 depicted in the film was not meant to be an accurate depiction of the future, but rather try to make it scientifically sound predictions that was probably going to be going wrong anyway. So the creators figured, hey, let's just make it funny. However, the film did accurately predict a number of technological and sociological changes that we'll discuss, and we'll discuss them tonight on Category 5 Technology TV. Rehydration level 4, please. Pizza's ready. Oh, oh, oh. that smells good. <laughs> this is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to have you here. It's uh, episode number 422 for the 20th of October, 2015. I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. Category 5 is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. How you been, my man? Not bad. Good through the magic of television. We have been whisked back to Studio D. Yes, we Pizza have. It was great. It was very good. Rehydrator machine. Incredible stuff. Not bad. I, uh, I've got to pick one of those up. We're going to talk about all the technology aspects that we found, having watched Back to the Future uh, Part 2 That's right. on Friday. Why are we doing this? Well, because tomorrow, well... It's, what, 4.29 in the morning. Yep, that's right. Just several hours from now. Just a couple of short hours from now, Marty McFly is meant to, uh, to travel to our time. Yes. On Wednesday, October 21st, 2015. 2015? So we're going to be looking at some of the technologies uh, that uh, were hits and some that were misses and uh, see what they were right about. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised as to how many... Uh, elements they put into the movie that actually are quite plausible if not in production right now kind of blew me away let's get into it perfect sounds good Uh, as you say that it's it's true because as you said at the top of the show interesting that the creators of the show made it more of a comedy Mm -hmm. kind of future and it really kind of came across that way i saw it as a kid but watching it now as an adult and realizing that everybody but marty is a cartoon character since when did you become the physical type Yes. They talk like this and they move like this and the it's whole movie true. is like that, right? It's Except true. Marty is the one kind of normal person, yes, so to speak. So, um <laughs> that was kind of it was know, crazy. But yeah. then so their their comedic version of the future had all these kinds of crazy technologies. Yes. We'll kind of go through them chronologically, I guess, because our notes yeah. are chronological with the movie, shall we? Sure, absolutely. And get into the chat room, let us know uh, what your favorite tech from Back to the Future 2 was. And uh, we'll talk about it as well. Uh, okay. Cars powered by garbage. That was Number awesome. one. I need fuel. Go ahead. Quick. Get in the car. Is it for real? Here we are, 2015. So apparently the doc goes to 2015 and his car, one thing, flies. We're going to talk about that. Yes. But it also is powered by just pouring garbage into uh, some kind of reservoir. Which isn't far off from what we've got now. I mean... There's so many things that could be recycled and broken down and turned into some sort of a fuel source. Maybe to use for cars, not so much. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, I, Sasha? I think that they have a way of using corn as fuel, which is almost 
the same. Corn right? like it's is food like waste. the garbage food. Well, that's not what I... I don't mean corn is garbage. <laughs> I like corn. But it's... It, won't feed it to my dog, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'll feed it to the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of... I, I can see the direction they were going, and we're, we kind of hit it. Almost. Okay. Kind of. How about hydrogen? Which can actually be created... Yep. From burning garbage. That's true. Right? And we've got hydrogen fuel cell cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Toyota, for example, has their uh, Toyota Future. Uh, It's called the Mirai, which is a Japanese word for future. And that car is scheduled to be released this year. Now, of course, in Back to the Future 2, they showed a world where uh, in 2015, tomorrow, so we've got a lot of catching up to do. (laughs) Yes. Cars are flying everywhere. So we've yeah. got the Skyway instead of the Highway, and mm-hmm. that's, that's what they envisioned. So we're not there. But cars powered by garbage, we've got this Mirai from Toyota. Uh, Akio Toyota, the CEO of Toyota Motor Corporation, said, Hydrogen can be made from virtually anything, even garbage. And he adds that Mirai's onboard hydrogen system actually creates enough electricity to power a house for about a week. Wow. And this car is slated to come out can this I- year. Can I make a point? Yeah. In the movie, they didn't need roads. They had flying True. cars. Yeah. But everybody lived on a street. That's interesting, eh? Yeah. So they wouldn't rebuild all the houses in the air. But yeah, that's yeah. a little bit. There, there were probably we could look at some of the 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 flaws in their re, in their logic for the future as well. I mean, Back to the Future Two is not perfect. Well, I, <laughs> what? Well, at least there'd be a lot of like street hockey. There'd be a lot of you know available space, I guess. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Yeah. Nice and safe. Yeah. Uh, but they fly like mad people. That's we need true. to. We need to be able. To, uh, you know what? I'm going to bring Sasha in, kind of like this. There you go. That's oh. a little. That's a little closer. We'll see if we can maybe bring you right into the set too. That'd be cool. <laughs> the, the powers of green screen on yes. live TV. Woo-hoo. Okay. What's next? Well, we, I mentioned flying cars. Yes. So I right. wanted to kind of separate the two: garbage from flying, because. Those are two very uh, different types, incredible of and different pieces yes. of technology. Flying yeah. cars, yeah. not quite there yet, <laughs> or are we? <laughs> Did you see the movie? Did you see how they depicted the the 2015 of their future? Yeah, yeah, we're probably a year off, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope. I really, truly hope that they never actually develop flying cars. Why is that? Because have you seen the way people drive on the land? Oh, now goodness. if you get yeah. into a fender bender, yeah, on the ground, yeah, you know you're gonna live. Okay. If you get into a fender bender in the air, right, your car is gonna plummet to the earth. Okay, so what about right? though? What about uh, autonomous vehicles? And thinking about, okay, if cars are flying themselves, oh. is it suddenly a lot safer because they've got the intelligence to right? So if they were intelligent enough to, like, layer on top of each other, then there would never be a traffic jam. That would make sense. Well, I mean, you figure adapting in GPS systems, mm-hmm. if you have it so that all the vehicles have the same GPS, they, I mean, you right. type in your destination, yeah. they can calculate it out and say, okay, uh, we've got 15,000 cars, cars all reaching for the downtown core of this city at this time, spaces them out, you got a two-foot gap between vehicles. Okay. It's possible. By yeah. tomorrow. Well, (laughs) we've only got a couple hours left, folks. This has got to happen now. Uh, When Henry Bailey Brown was here from Air Support Aerial Photography, he talked to us about the the GPS system not only calculating on these quadcopters. So these are actual real quadcopters that are flying today. Um, They don't only it doesn't only calculate the left, right, forward, back positioning, but also the up and down. So you, it's a full three-dimensional GPS system that is able to calculate not only the position, but the, the, the vertical position as well. Right. So could that kind of technology then be evolved into vehicles so that, yeah, like Jeff was saying, they're not going to collide because the GPS knows exactly where they right. are. If there's going to be a collision, the GPS could say, oh, let's go up. Right. Yes. Right. Well, okay, we, so we already have co- um, conflict avoidance in some vehicles where right. if you're going to hit a vehicle, it already hits a sensor. So, I mean, we've got cars now that say, hey, watch out, you're going to hit that guy. You know, right. if you've got you cars driving to the Tesla update as well that right. we're going to be talking to in a few right. uh, talking about. So the main thing in this is we just have to take humans out of the mix. The cars themselves, the, te- the technology, we've probably actually already hit it, really, with the drones. Like, we've kind of hit it, mm. right? We just took the humans out of the flying cars. Right. This is right? starting to sound like we're so going to the Matrix now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Take the humans out of the picture. <laughs> Entirely. Just put you in, snap you in with the thing in your the back of your neck. Um, think about, okay, so if we were to suddenly be propelled into a flying vehicle world right now, I don't think we're ready for it because of the human equation. Yes. Right? But, and by that I mean I've flown a quadcopter. And I fly fairly well now, but I had to learn. And mm-hmm. in the first steps of learning how to fly a quadcopter, I don't have a GPS in my brain. So I, in order to get the fact that I'm now flying in three dimensions, and it, it's completely different. So when you mm-hmm. see the Doc, Doc Brown flying uh, the DeLorean, the one thing that he doesn't have, from what I could tell anyways from his dash... He's still steering it like a car. That's correct. But where is yeah. the where's the aileron and where's the you know the ability to to yeah, do that's true. the maybe he's got stuff. foot pedals. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's pedal control. Yeah, you think it's pedal All control? Pedal control. <laughs> but I think that's the biggest learning curve when it comes to flight is that kind of stuff. You're no longer forward, back, left, right. You're now this Ooh. and this, right? There's all these pivot motions that are going to affect the way that you, you know, when you turn, to be able to turn like that is a lot different than turning your car. Right. Because you're banking your vehicle. You're bank turning. Yeah, exactly. Drone. But you know what? I would say it's like a 0.5. We hit that 0.5 because we do have personal flying, not vehicles, but in drones. You you have the tools like you have eyes in the sky or you can race around. I so can I can strap an ant to my teeny drone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My thought is that as we're now at a generation that is growing up with quadcopters and with these uh, teeny drones and other kind of quadcopter devices and multi rotors, and we're learning now, so we're programming our minds to be able to f- to fly. Absolutely. Yeah. So then, when these flying vehicles are introduced. These kids that are growing up now and at seven years old are flying teeny drones or whatever it is that they're flying, they already have that mindset that they can do it. You're starting to make me feel old. They're going to be the, <laughs> well, the taxi drivers of the future because I won't be able to yeah. drive one of those. I so <laughs> they've got the experience. When we grew up, we had remote control cars. So when we got into a car, we already had the basic principles yes. of how to steer and how to stay on the road. Uh, before that, it was the matchbox cars and the Hot Wheels, yes. and and that gave kids that sense that okay, I know I know that I need to steer like this. But before that, they didn't have any of that stuff. So, but you're yeah. absolutely correct about the the brains adapting. I mean, I remember when the Nintendo first came out, and you want Mario to jump, like you hit the A yeah. button, and your hands are going yeah, right. like this, or you yeah. know, you want him to go faster, you know. And so that's the way our brain was trained. But I mean, I watch my kids now, and they're and I mean, they're fine. They're just you know, it's no issue playing. Well, now so, you actually do kind of like that. That's true. That's, that's true. true. Your hands? That's baby's toy. <laughs> yes, that's uh, true. What <laughs> Robbie is, I guess, saying is if you're a responsible parent, you'll buy your children teeny drones. <laughs> How so, did you like that for a cross-promotion? Right. Go to catamive.tv <laughs> slash fly so no but we've now okay so now these kids are growing up they've learned how to fly now they get into a flying car they already know how to do all this stuff can you believe it's not quite back to the future ready but there is a company that is manufacturing flying cars yes they are and they work now they're more like hybrid car slash airplane kind of vehicles yeah, I saw a picture. Actually, it kind of looks more like a plane that drives than a car that flies. Right. That's right? what they call today's vehicle. Yeah. This company is named uh, Terrafugia, and they have, they're pre-selling those versions right now. Now, their car of tomorrow... Oh, I'm excited about that one. This is the one that they're working toward. does look a lot more back to the future-esque, even yes. so much as uh, kind of a DeLorean-style yes. door system, which turns into the wings yeah and what's interesting about that one is because they've got the dual rotors on the top uh it it almost has a helicopter feel to it so Mm -hmm. that that may be more uh joystick driven Mm. um, which would address the steering wheel problem that emmett brown had Hmm. so interesting stuff so we're not there not flying cars ain't happening folks that's right but it's in the works and the technology exists and we're learning how to fly yes as a, a populace one of the other interesting texts uh, with Back to the Future, and uh, when you think about all this technology, you hear these reports about, oh, people are 
You know, they're so tech-driven, they can't fall asleep at night. Well, Back to the Future has solved that with (laughs) their little sleeping device. (laughs) Instant knockout. That's right. What was it called? The sleep-inducing algorithm I I heard algorithm, too, and then I was doing some research, because it sounded like Doc Brown said the uh, the sleep-inducing algorithm generator. generator. Yeah. It is the sleep-inducing alpha rhythm generator ah. and we've all heard the term alpha rhythm yes. there are apps for your phones that apparently generate alpha rhythms that you put your yes. phone under your pillow or whatever and and that sound helps you helps get you to, sleep. to sleep not Ooh. quite instantly like yeah don't yeah. put your phone under your pillow i was gonna say yes yes <laughs> let's talk you. about the dangers of wireless technology <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah uh we won't even get into that so the sleep-inducing alpha rhythm generator, patents have already been granted for something that, that is similar to... Really? It, and not quite close to the like what Doc Brown had, yeah. where he could just hold it up to someone's face and boom, they're out. Right. Uh, fortunately, that still requires pharmaceuticals or... Yes. Don't we have that? Don't we call it a taser? Let's just rename it. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm just uh, going to put you to sleep for a moment. <laughs> uh, we could do an episode on that. <laughs> I, I will not, not be in that mode. Yeah, no, no, I'm not that, in. That's not something I'm too keen on. Um, so with this, uh, there are other ways that have been developed to help people to fall asleep and re- reasonably quickly. Uh, fortunately, that technology is not available. Yes. I don't know that it ever would be. I think yeah. it would be too dangerous. I, I would think so. And I don't think it would really work through visual acuity. I mean, when you figure the fact that he just mm-hmm. in front of the eyes, like the eyes don't put you to sleep. It's your brain. So, you know. I suppose I, in, there must be cases. What do you think, Sasha? That, uh, because there are, I've heard people with um, certain sensitivities to flashing lights and things right. where they'll go into seizures or something like that with certain certain. Right. I think like eyes are the most direct pathway to your brain like your eyes and your brain are linked completely right so i think that they have it they have the concept right because i think that that's the best way maybe if you put earphones on and got zapped or something okay right like it would have to be but again the human element we can't just have this tool out and about like it would have to be like only professionals that can zap you to sleep (laughs) that would be one of those things that if it did exist if it became something available it would have to be regulated oh for sure Mm -hmm. because you think about um i mean i hate to say it but bars right you you hear (laughs) terrible stories about date rape date rape drugs and Mm -hmm. things like that this would be so dangerous it would be yes so dangerous okay so for the first time ever i'm the silver lining not the dark cloud but um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry to put that on you i know you like to be the conspiracy Um, but But i'm more thinking like you're flying to tokyo and you get on the plane Mm. and they offer you either a light refreshment or to be zapped to sleep Right? For 15 hours. Okay, so would you like to nap with this electronic device zapping your eyes or a couple of shots of whiskey? Which would you choose? Well, I... I'd probably take the whiskey. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. Okay. What else did we get? Um, There was the the weather system. Right on the tick. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Too bad the post office isn't as efficient as the weather service. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, like it's raining and all of a sudden Emmett's like, hold on. Ah, oh, the weather system. I do, I do curse Bill Gates on Twitter whenever it snows. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, it's not actually him that controls the weather. Nor That's are true. Nor um, really any technologies out there. Right? Yes, yes, there are. Well, they did work they on have, the hurricane thing no they have they have technology they can fly into clouds and release i don't remember what it is it's like some sodium something and it can actually cause rain or snow that sound uh, who came up with that that they were sitting at a board meeting and they said you know what just throw some salt on it yeah (laughs) again at a bar probably (laughs) Uh, no but and our meteorologists can predict weather far more accurately it seems year by year they're just honing in a little bit better like they they'll say you know but at two it's gonna rain and at 215 or 230 it starts Hmm. they're almost there yeah 
I guess it's still quite inaccurate though. But I have heard with, um, and I don't know all the details to give you links or anything like that. But I did hear some news about um, about some developments to try to contain or control hurricanes. Um, and I don't know the technology that's behind that. But hmm. definitely not up to the snuff of Back to the <laughs> no, Future 2 where so Doc Brown looked at his watch, said, just wait because it's pouring rain in California, which is obviously not real in 2015. <laughs> um, and he looks at his watch and he says, okay, wait for it, wait for it, counting down 10 seconds, and then rain stops. Yeah. Oh, and he says the weather service is accurate, unlike the postal service, which is true in 2015. I get my, I get my mail fairly regularly. On Do time. you? Yeah, all of it. Uh, yes, I have sent things and just recently sent a check that did not arrive. Oh, and uh, so I just found out about that, and that's that's our postal service. But interestingly enough, when you talk about sending checks, that also is you've got digital transfers, and that was another thing that was found. The uh, thumbprint. The thumbprint yeah. payments in Back to the Future 2. Now, we're not necessarily at thumbprints, but when you consider the fact that this movie was made in 1987, mm. uh, well, I mean, that's when it came out. It was, they okay. started years before that. Um, they didn't have things like debit cards. They didn't have the tap system. It was all cash, I would assume. That's correct. So I was just a wee lad. Yeah, I had my So was I. <laughs> change. Um, yeah, you're right. Without debit, something something like debit to someone in 1987 would look like you're just... Your thumbprint, yeah. You're, you're swiping something and it, you're paying without a, ever having to exchange cash. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we we're have pretty, our phone. We have there, phones yeah. as payment. And I guess there's the iWatch, which stuff, you can yeah. use as payment now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's straight on right. Yeah, accurate. We're we'll a, give them that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also at the point where people are starting to get uh, chips inside like their hands. Like there's companies True. that yeah. are using chips that, I mean, that's going the way of technology. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not your thumb, but swipe the back of your hand and... Hey, look! You've just bought a new computer. Uh, they used uh, they used biometrics in other ways in the movie. Where um, when Jennifer got to her apartment in the future, the thumb was able to open the door. That's right. Yeah, and we do have that, and we have that exactly like that. Yes, doesn't so. work so well in Canada in the winter, especially when the thumbprint's <laughs> frozen just over. Just make sure your finger is not wet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can't get <laughs> in. <laughs> just like that. So yes. we have that. So yeah. Give them that one too. So they yeah. were bang on with that kind of stuff. Did yep. AT and T develop it? Uh, probably not. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Are we talking about Jaws at any point? That whole scene. Do we well, have we, that? Yeah. Because, we do have that. Because I have to say, with the Jaws thing, it's sort of if you take Sharknado, which there have been a zillion of, <laughs> and combine it with Jaws, yep. and we have the 3D technology at home, right? So, like, if you mash all of that together, that's it. Yeah. Obviously, I'm team Back to the Future. I think they got everything right. <laughs> <laughs> they they yeah. really touched on a lot of social things yeah. as well as the technological things. We're mainly focusing on the technological, but it's fun to mention some of the sociological stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, looking at Jaws 19, Jeff and I had the discussion last uh, on Friday that uh, um, it kind of alluded to not only the Jaws thing, but our obsession with remakes of movies and you know we've got the new star wars coming Mm -hmm. out we've got another star trek coming out which is 12 or 13 Uh, movies in the series and like we're we're obsessed with it so you think jaws 19 well star trek is not far off from 19 at this point that's true yeah and and it so it kind of hinted at an obsession that is is completely legit and it also it's the the thing about the obsession of nature versus man which we have so the Jaws many aspect, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so many of those. So yeah, it was interesting. The one thing that was funny about the the holographic imaging though is that it actually came at him, right? Bit him. We're not quite there yet. Not quite. But well, at my home theater, I was watching. Oh, what's the one? I'm going to get in trouble for not remembering it. They're all tall and blue. James Cameron did it. What was that? Avatar. 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 So you know what they throw the smoke bomb <laughs> at Avatar? They're all tall and blue. They're all tall and blue. What's that really good movie? The epic movie that everybody watched. Um, so I was watching it with Dave on the couch, and I tease him about this all the time. The smoke bomb came at us, and it looked very oh, yeah. realistic. We had just got our three T three D TV. And he dodged out of the way, and he left me to take the smoke bomb to the face. <laughs> okay, well, so that's interesting because 3D TV is kind of a form of 
mock holographics yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we're seeing similar kind of things with uh, HoloLens and some of the, uh, uh, certainly VR wear, mm-hmm. and, and they will talk about that as well. But so is that kind of pushing us toward that? And there's holographic imagery that's a, uh, available in some certain advertising and things like that. But, yeah, you're right. It doesn't come at you yes. quite in that way. Yeah. But interesting about that whole scene, I mean, that, I'm going to say it was probably like a 10, 15 minute segment within the movie, was the biggest component of having all of those tech ideas. And I mean, yeah. like, oh, I, it was just go, go, go. I'm, I'm sitting here <laughs> because it's just one thing after another of these amazing suggestions of what the future may hold. Yes. Yeah, yeah it, it was going fast. And I thought it was funny that you're using a pen and paper and I'm on my yeah. phone <laughs> typing it out. <laughs> it's like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Melding 85 with 2015. Yeah. So. Um, speaking of that and back at the kind of sociological aspects is the, the whole uh, apparel. Mm-hmm. What, yes. what was foreseen as this is how we're going to look. Um, tin hats, yeah. for example. As if yes. the aliens are coming to attack and us. Bright fluorescent colors, um, spandex they've pants. Got, we've got that. I think that even though it looked kind of quirky and cartoony, we yeah. have those weird like trends that are sort of like turning your pockets inside out. It's not pockets inside out exactly, but it's like leaving the sticker on your baseball cap, right? That sort of thing that is kind of weird. Yeah. We yeah. have that. <laughs> Even yeah, I mean, people wearing glasses without lenses just because the frames look trendy, mm-hmm. that yes. kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of odd. Now the Cubs. So yes, here's my point. Back to the future. Did okay. they predict the future, or is the future <laughs> influenced? Controlled. Are we influenced by watching the movie? Because I have to say, yeah. it might be. And who knows, maybe the Cubs will win the World Series. But is it a placebo effect that they've just always believed that at this point they will win? And now they've got it in their heads, and here we go. That's a strange one. I can see with technology, um, for example, the hoverboard, which we're going to talk about after. Mm -hmm. I think we should do the news, and then we'll come back to it. But um, that's something that you could say the movie impacted society to say, we really want that. So let's start building it. And people are working on building hoverboards. Whereas something like the Cubs making it to the World Series, which is alluded to in the movie, it looks like that could be a reality mm-hmm. in 2015. And it hasn't happened since 1908. So that can't be influenced by the movie. Right. Just a, a bang on assessment, I guess, or a good guess. <laughs> a hopeful guess, which yeah. they, in, they put in as a bit of a laugh. But then the kids that watch that movie are now the players yeah. playing the game. So they're, you think they're stoked and this is like their adrenaline rush to yeah. say, we're going to do it this year because I think this it's is in the, the year? collective conscious that they expect the win. It's right. It, everybody the power expects of positive thinking. Exactly. <laughs> everybody accepts the win or expects it unless you live in Toronto. And yes. then you do not The Blue expect. Jays are going to win. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's right. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> All right. I think that's, yeah, that's an interesting point. And, and I don't know if there's any truth to, you know, the, the power of positive thinking or whatever, but maybe there is a little bit of an aspect of that where other players that are not on the Cubs team think, okay, well, they're the Cubs. And the, it's almost like a subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is really happening. But at the end of the day, though, the Cubs don't have Bautista. So. True. All right, we're going to head over to the newsroom and then we're going to talk more Back to the Future 2 in just a couple of minutes' time. Get uh, into the chat room, Category 5 on Freenode. Uh, Also, uh, you can visit our website, www.category5.tv. And email us your questions or comments live at category5.tv. Over to the newsroom, here's Sasha Dermatis. It's Tuesday, October 20th, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. A crowdfunded space simulation has received nearly $93 million in support, even though it only looked to raise a half a million. We'll give you the lowdown on what this means for Star Citizen supporters. We'll share another example of how malvertising, which is displaying malware-infected code, ad code on a website, is occurring. And this time it happened on the Daily Mail website. JPEG is trying to lock down its image file format and add copy protection, among other restrictions, to the file type. Tesla is rolling out autonomous car features through a firmware update. 
And we told you on a previous show that Star Trek Renegades is going forward with a web series. Now, more of your favorite cast, <clears throat> I mean crew members, are joining the show. We'll tell you who in just a few minutes. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. You've got mad skills. Now, hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative, and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash linda. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category 5.tv newsroom. Crowdfunded space simulation game Star Citizen has now racked up 1 million backers. Between them, the backers have given almost $93 million to the, developments, de- the developers of the game. Excuse me. Um, to mark the milestone, Star Citizen will now be free for all of those who have put cash down to support it. The next big release in the game's development will let players fly ships, battle, and trade in a massive online universe. Star Citizen was launched via Kickstarter in late 2012 and sought just $500,000 to get development of the game started. The involvement of veteran games maker Chris Roberts, best known for the Wing Commander series of games, drove interest in the project, which had raised $24 million by the time its Kickstarter campaign ended. Remember, they just wanted $500,000. Since then, fundraising has continued on the main Star Citizen site as people have paid to get early access to the game as it developed, and by buying starships that they will eventually fly around its persistent virtual universe. Early versions of parts of the game have been released to give people an idea of what the finished product will be like. As well as letting people explore and fight online, Star Citizen will also have a single-player mission-based element called Squadron 42. Well-known actors, including Mark Hamill, Gary Oldman, and Gillian Anderson, are providing voices for some of the characters in the game. Anyone who contributed to the fundraiser is getting a free copy of the game and in-game credits to get them started. This blows my mind because I know it's very hard to fundraise day-to-day. I mean, we have massive expenses here at Studio D, and here is... You know, Star Citizen, they said, well, we just need (laughs) $500,000. And the world responded. It's amazing. So, so yeah, we just need (laughs) (laughs) $500,000. Maybe that's the key thing. We just got to tell the people, please send (laughs) (laughs) $500,000. Okay. A security company has discovered that readers of the Daily Mail's website were shown fake advertisements that linked to malware. Bogus ads for shoes briefly appeared among the selection of banners displayed on DailyMail.com. Instead of online shops, the advertisements link to malware that can expose computers to ransomware. This ransomware encrypts files on a victim's computer and asks for a payment to decrypt them again. The practice is known as malvertising. Security company Malwarebytes made the discovery last week and published a report about its findings online. The report says Malwarebytes contacted the Daily Mail and relevant advertising networks about the issue on Friday. By Monday morning, the security company was informed that the fake ads had been removed. I have two points about this. Mm -hmm. It's horrible that now this happens so often that there is a word for it, malvertising. And secondly, ads for shoes? Who do you think they were targeting? Hmm. <laughs> Are you gender stereotyping over there? Well, well just saying you, you like know shoes. what? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Bald guys, obviously, Sasha. What do you? I was Bald looking, guys I was that need shoes. shoes. That need yeah, shoes. I was shopping for shoes that day. Right. I, I think that it's easy when you're maybe sitting at a computer, reading the mail early in the morning, you know, having your coffee, you're living a busy, hectic life, and you click on a shoe ad. Yeah. Right, which that, would happen because I've been searching and searching for self-lacing shoes the past week. You look at my search history. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true story. Oh, well, more on that because I think we've got that too. That's true. Okay, JPEG pictures could soon have built-in restrictions, making them harder to copy if recommendations by the body overseeing the format are implemented. 
the Joint Photographic Experts Group, or JPEG, committee has called for controls on how image data in JPEG files is accessed. It is thought this would protect copyright and safeguard the privacy of people in the images. However, rights groups have said the features might harm creativity. In an online summary of the proposals, the JPEG committee said photographs were often redistributed without relevant rights information attached, so they could be easily copied or published again without permission. And in some cases, the privacy of the photographer could be compromised if the metadata embedded in the images, which could include the geolocation of where the photo was taken, was accessible. The JPEG committee has no concrete plans to change the JPEG format yet, but hopes to seek technological solutions once the specifics of the new proposals have been decided. Hmm, I'm of two minds on this, because I would want the privacy of the people taking the pictures to be protected, but I also kind of want to use the pictures. Uh, yeah, that's a kind of a hard call, right? <laughs> because geolocation, obviously, you need to turn that off on your phone if you're going to be posting the pictures on Facebook or something like that because you don't want pictures of your kids playing in the playground with that little pin on the map. But mm-hmm. is that the motivation? It sounds more like copy protection, which JPEG has always been a format that you can just share. Tough hmm. thing. It's a tough thing. Yeah. Now, this is very back to the future. Tesla has launched a software update for its vehicles, enabling the cars to have an autopilot mode. While not fully self-driving, the software means that the Model S and new Model X can automatically steer down highways, change lanes, and adjust speed in response to traffic. Tesla chief executive Elon Musk said the autopilot mode was designed to increase driver confidence on the road. However, Mr. Musk said users adopting the software available in North America as of this past Thursday should exercise caution while using it, especially in conditions such as snow. It should not hit pedestrians, hopefully, he told the media. That's a quote. It should handle them well. It should handle them well. (laughs) He has a lot of faith. (laughs) Um, he added that if the car is involved in a collision, the driver is still liable. The driver- All in one breath? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. wow, he is fully confident. Um, the driver cannot abdicate responsibility. That will come at some point in the future. It wasn't me. It was my car. <laughs> Other regions of the world would be updated in the next couple of weeks pending on regulatory approval. The software uses a combination of cameras, radar, ultrasonic sensors, and mapping data to determine its position and navigate. When the car has arrived at its destination, it is able to scan for an available space and park itself. That's what I most want. I Mm. want a car that will... I I can park it just fine. I just want it to find the spot. Unlike Google, which is aiming for fully autonomous vehicles, Tesla's approach is to gradually introduce features which take away the need for drivers to carry out certain functions. So again, as we were speaking in the Back to the Future, I mean, this is just one step toward, and I don't mean to make light of what he says. Seriously, I think that this car actually might really help because most of the errors on the highway are human error. Sure, yeah. So at least the car will slow down if you're about to rear-end somebody. What an interesting fact that they can update it by a firmware that suddenly, oh, by the way, today your car has autonomous driving capabilities. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, cool. But on the flip side, how horrible would it be if you, you know, oh, by the way, your car no longer has brakes. (laughs) Right? I don't know that that's part of the program. No. <laughs> oh, you mean if someone hacked the firmware, updated it with something that right. screwed it up. Right. Or okay. like all of a sudden every red car is seen as an available parking space. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, or the, that's fantastic. The green cars, like a green screen, they just there don't you see go. them. Can't see them. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Who knows, right? Wow. All right. You know him as the former Maquis turned first officer of the Starship Voyager. Robert Beltran is reprising his role as Chakotay and joining the cast of Star Trek Renegades. In addition to Chakotay's return, we'll also see the reunion of Nog and Jake, the two best friends from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, in an upcoming episode of Star Trek Renegades. And if that's not enough, you'll never guess who's coming back. Jadza... Jadzia? Is it Jadza? Sorry. 
Oh, ja- I'll just ja- let the Jadzia? I'll just let that burn in for a moment. Ja- <laughs> Jadzia Dax. Jadzia Dax. Jadzia Dax. Jad- how is that possible? Jadzia Dax. It'll be fun to see how they bring her back from the dead, unless they set the timeline to take place before Jadzia's death at the end of DS9 season six. But that doesn't make a lot of sense since everyone's much older. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Although you, in the oh. in the Star Trek Renegades movie, was there not uh, holographic imaging of somebody who had passed away? Um, was it Jadzia Dax? It wasn't Jadzia. No, but there was there was <laughs> somebody. He was like the engineer or something, and he was actually a hologram that was downloaded and broadcast across space. Oh, do you mean uh, the Doctor? Was it the do- um, Robert Picardo? Yeah, well, they used the doctor, but they had a, another hologram. I want to say he was an engineer, and, and, and in well, there was the scene where the doctor was able to actually physically interact with. Yeah, but but in the movie, there was the engineer who was holographic, I believe, because the doctor was helping build the programming for it or something to that effect. Oh, so, oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> you mean? Th- the one that we don't actually know is a hologram. Yeah. That one. That one. That one. I'm getting okay. fired, aren't I? Oh. <laughs> You's in big trouble, Mr. Wowzers. It's one thing to mispronounce Jadzia, but to... <laughs> wow. Now I don't need to watch it because now I know what happens. Yeah. If you haven't seen episode one yet, you can watch it for free right now on YouTube. Not right now, after the show. Um, simply type Renegades episode one into the YouTube search. Big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you found a new story you'd like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You'll find our website, www.category5.tv. Uh, and as well, uh, if you're looking for a great deal on cheap hosting, you can go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost, and we've got a coupon code for you. Ready? Cat5TV. It's a tough one. But uh, that for 70 bucks, that will get you one year of carbon-neutral LAMP hosting. That's Linux, Apache, PHP, MySQL. Uh, it's, we're now on solid-state hard drives. Uh, one year free domain registration. Unlimited storage pace for your websites. Uh, 50 gig backup account for storing your offsite wow. backup. That's huge. Uh, yeah, you always want offsite backup service. Absolutely, that's included. It's it's bucks. included. Incredible. Yeah, it's fifty gigs, which is, you know, that's that's a sizable amount. I mean, all of your documents and probably absolutely. probably all of your family photos and stuff would be backed oh. up within that. Oh man, I've lost family photos before because mm. I didn't back up properly, so I could use that. There you go. Uh, you can also host an unlimited number of domains on your account at no extra charge. Uh, it's just the cost of registering a domain. Sure. Unlimited bandwidth, unlimited email accounts, all for 70 bucks. So that's cat5.tv slash dreamhost, and the coupon code is cat5tv. Sweet. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. All right, let's get back into Back to the Future 2. There was a lot of tech covered in the mm-hmm. show that was probably realistic and a lot that was thrown in as a joke. Some of it's come true. Some mm-hmm. of it is uh, impossible. Let's, let's talk about those. So when I think about ca- um, Category 5, when I think about Back to the I Future... I think about it all the time. <laughs> there, there are two things that always jump to the forefront of my mind. Okay. There's Marty's clothes, <laughs> and there's the hoverboard. Yeah. Like, you think of Back to the Future 2, and there, that is the image that comes to your mind. And uh, oddly enough, there may be a possibility for both in production. Uh, actually, with the clothes, you can get uh, sh- um, jackets that do sense whether you're wet or not, whether it's got the auto self drying clothes. Yes. No. Not like in the movie. No, not not so Maybe much water like that. Repellent clothes. But, there is the but the there clothing are there that- are tech jackets that will tell you that um, for um, like if you're on the ski hills and whatnot. That is true. 
I'm, I'm just what? supporting you 100% because I tried yes. to find one last Christmas for Dave. Okay. There yes. are jackets that sense your core temperature and they will keep you. It's like you climate control your jacket. Mm-hmm. And it will, I guess, if you're, if you're wet, it would dry you off, right? If you're cold, it heats you up. It's, yeah. yeah. Huh. They're not immediately available. Does Stephen Hawking talk to you? I, I don't believe it has Stephen Hawking voice. That, that was pretty awesome. I, I mean, at the time I, when I watched it as a kid, I didn't recognize who Stephen Hawking was. But right, right. As soon as I heard the voice yesterday, I'm like, that's the, awesome. The self drying. Yes. Clothes. Okay. So uh, hoverboards. That's that to me is yes. really exciting. And and the clothing. Yeah. There's some stuff in there. I've seen some that also communicate with the dryer. So yep. if you throw it in the dryer, it knows that it can only do certain types of drying. They also have undergarments for women (laughs) that uh, monitor your heart and your, I guess, your blood pressure and stuff when you're working out. They have smart, smart sports bras. That's interesting. And it makes sense because the sensors could be placed anywhere. Right. And so placed strategically in the best position to sense pulse and Mm -hmm. temperature Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Wow. That works. Cool clothes. Do you need it with a Fitbit, though? I have a Fitbit. <laughs> um, so that's like one step closer, right? I can always tell you what my heart rate is. It doesn't tell you the blood pressure, but it does tell me that I drink a whole lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a Fitbit to tell me that. <laughs> okay, so hoverboards. Yes, hoverboards. This is a real thing. Not like in the movie because, again, they depict it as something that every kid and every person has. And they carry them around in a briefcase. Yeah, yeah, briefcase. Also with uh, really horrible 80s colors. Yeah. The flashy... Uh, Which is ironic for 2015. That's true. The 80s are back. I, yeah. So what do we have as far as hoverboards go right now? Um, the Hendo, of course, is the one that stands out. Yes. Um, Arx Pax brought it to uh, Kickstarter uh, last October and said, we're, you know, we're developing this. They had a really impressive promotional video that showed how their Hendo hoverboard works. Basically a copper plated um or bronze or something like that i think it was copper it's almost like copper pipe that'd be very expensive copper Uh, well we don't use pennies anymore in canada and just melt down the pennies we just it just lay out uh pennies Pennies canadian pennies and glue them down that's right um so this thing uh creates a magnetic field between the copper and the hoverboard and is able to get between one and eight inches Mm -hmm. off the ground it's pretty impressive pretty smooth yeah um so they went into Kickstarter and said that we're going to do this thing. We're going to launch it on October 21st, 2015 mm-hmm. in honor of uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, it was like, what, 10 grand or something for each board? Uh, I can't recall the details of the, yeah. the original Kickstarter um, uh, program, what they were doing. Um, but they did announce just uh, on Thursday, I think it was, that they are a go mm-hmm. for tomorrow. Um, they are going to be launching this to a select group of people. Um, essentially, the people who supported them on Kickstarter are going to be receiving one, uh, as promised. But they have, cool. but they've streamlined it. They actually worked with uh, Tony Hawk, mm-hmm. obviously a notable uh, skater, and and worked with him to uh, to change the design of the thing, make it sleeker, make it more like a skateboard, smaller, quieter. Uh, more energy efficient because I guess the battery life is a, a big consideration if you're... I think the original model was like seven minutes or something like that. Oh, that's that. no good. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're improving that. They haven't released all the details today, but we're going to be hearing all about it, I'm sure, tomorrow after their uh, promotional event when they actually release this thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of under embargo at the moment, so we're not, a, yeah. not able to get the information. Um, what's interesting about it is they've been presenting it... You think about where where you can skate. Of course, this is not something you're going to be able to skate down the the main street or in a parking lot at, at your local grocery store right like a skateboard um because it has to have a certain surface right so what they're doing is, but think about skate parks so they're yeah, approaching skate parks yep. and communities to build skate parks designed specifically for the hoverboard hmm. or the hendo is what they call it so hmm. makes me wonder if they put uh like in the cement when they make a skate park even just little bits of copper or whatever the metallic substance that would yeah. be required and if that would be enough or if it requires a complete layer of it yeah so. i'm not sure of the the technology looking at the the promotional That's videos it does look like a like a sheet the, yeah. of, of copper that could be a bit of an issue doing a park like that because i know that copper people will go in and steal copper wiring yeah. from homes and from construction sites because they want to sell it because copper goes for such a high price yeah. i guess mm-hmm. right so it's the new gold 
Yeah, I oh, I would rather do a hoverboard over water, I think. <laughs> Here's a thought before we get into that, because we're, we've got one. Yes. Because uh, even though in Back to the Future 2, they don't operate over water, Correct. we've got one that does. Um, thinking along those lines, Sasha, you're right. It would be a, a big problem as far as th- thieves go and stuff like that. But I also think copper, what does it do in the rain? Oh, yeah. It turns green, gets rusty. It's really bad for that. So Hmm. would this be something more to build indoor parks? Oh, that's true. Or as Jeff was saying, maybe we could do a sheet of copper, but then do the concrete above it. I know that the hoverboards don't work over water in Back to the Future, but could they work over concrete if there was copper right underneath it? Hmm. Right, Because nobody's going to chop up concrete to get at the copper, you would think. Oh, you'd, yeah. you'd be surprised what people will do. <laughs> yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see what, what they announce tomorrow and, and what, what plans they have for that. Because you're, to build a park out of wood costs a heck of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. To build it out of copper, like who's going to pay for that? It's not going to be the guys that are, well, maybe the people that are buying the hoverboards. They've obviously got a lot of money. Um, would you invest in the park to use it? Maybe you would. Maybe there'd be a if it was the world's first park. They're trying to get them all over the place. Yeah, hmm, that'd be interesting. And then I guess you know, is it patented technology? If it is, it can't succeed because then you've got only one manufacturer building it, and that never goes. Maybe this is the real reason we got rid of the penny. Yeah, maybe we brought in (laughs) our government is all of the pennies got returned to the bank, and the bank shipped them to the new uh, hover parks. All right. now it's all coming from Canada, folks. <laughs> That's right. You're welcome. Speaking of coming from Canada, uh, hoverboard that does work on water. So now, cool. This this was uh, presented in the news uh, back in May. Uh, a guy from Montreal, Quebec, uh, Catalan Alexandru Duru. He actually broke the world record for uh, a hoverboard flight, the longest. I didn't hoverboard even know that flight. was a category. Apparently, there is, and he's the one to beat. One and a half minutes on a hoverboard over water. And this is a little bit different. So his approach and his company's approach is a, a lot different. Think along the lines of a multi-copter, right. a multi-rotor. Um, so this looks to have several propellers and he stands on it and is able to fly like a, like a hoverboard. A little bit further above, um, he flew about five meters above the lake in his demonstration for for the actual prize. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. But it flew it flew. I it like worked. this I like this better than hoverboards on land because of like the maternal instinct in me and I don't want to see broken noses or sure. you know, broken teeth. Yeah. So if you're hoverboarding above water, at least when you fall, which I assume you will do, yes, you, will. you fall into the water. You yeah. Know? And I think that's probably the the idea. But this would fly over land too. And just like now, I've got the opposite approach with my quadcopter. I will only fly over land because I don't want to fly over water because I might crash. And if I crash in water, I'm going to ruin my quadcopter because it's not waterproof. Right. But when I get good at it, I'm going to try water as well because I want to do some cool videos and stuff. Just make sure your battery's charged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so would it be the opposite where you get really good over water, that's your training ground, and then you take it to, to land? But it needs some streamlining, and the company that, uh, that makes it, um, uh, Duru's company, is called Omni Hoverboards. They're working on a top-secret project to streamline this thing, make it streamline, uh, mainstream, mm-hmm. and uh, make it so that it's something that's available um, to, to the, the I'd purchasers. Be, I'd be interested to see how fast it could go. Because, I mean, if, if they're yeah. using... He's being very careful. Oh, absolutely. This is a, this is a test for... How long can I go? Yeah. That's not your chance to show off. That's your chance to just stay stable. Yeah. But, I mean, you figure he was up five meters. Uh, he went, what was it, a minute and a half or something minute, like that? Yeah, a minute and a half. Uh, his trip was um, 275.9 meters. Okay. So you're, you're almost a third, between a quarter and a third of a kilometer okay. uh, in a minute and a half. So, obviously, he had some, some movement speed to him, probably mm-hmm. faster than a walking pace, I trying to do some quick math in my head i don't know <laughs> but uh you know if, if he picked up the speed i mean you're 15 meters up what happens five if, meters or yeah sorry 15 <laughs> feet five meters um what happens if you just you tilt a little bit too far forward and 
you know. Oh yeah, you're going down, and the and this thing is slicing through you like cheese. But yeah. for him, he's going down <laughs> into the drink. Like he's not right. going down onto a carp, a copper, you know, That's pad. True. Yes, right? this is true. So yeah. you know, and if he has self drying clothes on, <laughs> then. Sure. No harm, no foul. <laughs> that's right. You're good. Okay, so it's it, that's happening. We're not there yet. No. Um, we've got some other technologies from Back to the Future 2 to talk about. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. Why are we doing this? Tomorrow is a big day. That's right. Just we're, several we're hours almost, from now. We're almost there, folks. Marty, we fly Emmett Brown and Jennifer whatever her Parker. name. Parker. That's what it was. Jennifer Parker enters the future. Or our present. Our present. Yeah. They're going to be here tomorrow. I'm waiting for it. Yes. Is it going to be raining at 4.29 a.m.? In California? Yeah. I, I hope so. I didn't actually I hope so, I didn't even check, check the weather because that would just be really <laughs> ironic. That would be weird. Okay, what else have we got? Self-lacing shoes. That's another yes. thing that we see in the future uh, or the present today. Yep. Um, Nike has a patent for self-lacing shoes, uh, and other companies have been trying to uh, bring something out. Um, Nike has been alluding to – now, they had their mag um, – Several years ago, which mm-hmm. was uh, paying homage to the, the movie series. Right. And um, it was cool, but it was a small run. It wasn't something you could go yeah. out to the store to, to buy. It was more for collectors and, That's right, yeah. and uh, enthusiasts and fans of the show, uh, the movies. But uh, would they actually come to market? Now, they've got the next generation of shoes, um, which they have now patented, power laces in the U.S. And as you step into the shoe, it automatically laces itself up. I'm not sure about the the whole technology behind it, but there have been others that have brought out um, Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns trying to develop um, self-tying shoes, and unfortunately, none of them have really come to fruition. I just don't know if it's a big enough market. I mean, at the end of the day, we've got slip-on shoes. (laughs) We've got Velcro. Yeah, and it's not entirely difficult to tie up your laces unless you're you know you're like my four-year-old who's going what are the <laughs> money might, it might be what are the money kids. is yeah okay so day-to-day shoes maybe not but i have a pair of um snowboard boots and a pair of skates this is going to make okay. me seem really oh, lazy skates. that'd be cool but all i do is twist a dial right, right. so if that dial was mechanized close. then yeah. i wouldn't even have to do that but it self-tightens and those shoes are well shoes but those are hard to lace up Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? that's true because they've got such a robust body to them, and right. and that's why. And same with my snowboard boots. I hated the straps, and I don't have the fancy schmancy little turning dial. Oh. I have. To, I have to pull the- <laughs> You're so fancy schmancy over there, Sasha. I, you know, I'm uh, the news anchor of Category Five Technology yeah. TV. I have to absolutely be on the leading edge of all the tech world. <laughs> this is right. how I justify all of my purchases. That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we know why your husband runs from the smoke bombs and Avatar. That's right. <laughs> Save the credit card. So the best one that I saw as far as a campaign goes, you step in, there's no batteries needed, it automatically laces by a sensor in the heel of the shoe. No batteries? No batteries. It, it's a, some kind of a mechanism where huh. as you push it, it pulls in the laces, and then you click it and it uh, and loosens it again so you can slip them off. Pretty neat stuff. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately didn't make their goal because I guess there's just... There's not an. It's a hard thing because how? Who wants to invest in something that they can't try on? That's if true. I can't see it and actually physically hold it in my hand and say, "Oh yeah, this is awesome," put it on my foot and it's great. It's a it's a tough thing, and hmm. I think it's such a niche market because it's not. It's this is a technology that's not really needed, but would be a lot of fun for fans. It's more of a nostal- nostalgic. Market. I think people yeah. might catch on to this though because yeah. if they put advertisements for shoes on the Daily Mail, somebody will click on it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it has been known to happen, folks. Yeah. So self-lacing shoes again, not something that we can just go into the store and buy, but they right. are working on it. It's patented technology and it is coming as Nike has alluded to mm-hmm. as well as other companies. Okay. Bionic implants. Ah, uh, yes. Griff, Griff had bionic implants that were malfunctioning, which caused him to be a 2015 arse. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, just the genetic of, of the whole Biff Griff sure. family were just yeah. horrible. First of but... all, who names their kid Griff? <laughs> That's right. If your name is Griff, I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> you know what? I figured this out. It's grandson of Biff Griff. Grant. Right? Groff. That would be Groff. Yeah, Griff. Oh, well. Uh, it says it's close. Close. Yeah. 
They got the bionics. We have They've bionics. Got the, yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, that's the thing that I want to talk about. <laughs> bionics not only in the head. So you think about stroke uh, victims mm-hmm. um, who have uh, nerve centers of the brain that are no longer functioning. We now have devices that will stimulate those centers of the brain to help to give them some sense of normalcy in life. That's pretty incredible. Absolutely. Um, also, the, the Griff and his friends seem to have bionic limbs mm-hmm. to some degree. Um, when he got kicked in a certain region, you heard a metal clang, um, maybe a little exaggerated. Right. But certainly the bionic arms, mm-hmm. this is something that we've looked at. This is something that we've talked about, bionic hands, the ability to give somebody with missing limbs... That's right. Robotic right. limbs. Cochlear yep. implants. I mean, that's a bionic True. sort of situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now yeah, you can hear. Sure. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. no, we've got that one. All right. On. So, one more for Back to the Future, too. Absolutely. What else do we got? Because uh, uh, we're, we're running short on time, but uh, self-fueling cars is another one that yes. uh, we have a station right on the south end of Barrie uh, for Tesla cars. And yes. you just pull up and plug in your car, and it's not quite to the same extent where, you know, a robot does the work for comes you. down and yeah. plugs it in but mm-hmm. it's it's pretty close mm-hmm. pretty close and we were talking about the hydrogen car a little bit earlier mm-hmm. um to think that those cars are able to be fueled in under five minutes that's true yeah unlike the electric car that requires possibly several hours to charge mm-hmm. they're they're quite quick about it so so that could actually be a thing mm-hmm. again not quite there Right. You don't see them on every street corner, and it's not going to take over the world anytime soon. That's right. Yes. But, I mean, so at this point, we've covered everything that kind of happened at the town hall scene. But then there was also the home gadgets. There was a whole bunch of home stuff. Before we get into the home, though, we can't move away without just saying, I'm pretty sure the doc was holding an iPhone. Or some kind yes, of Yes, the binoculars. The, the camera-like device that you he had. You know what else? Do, the, um, Doc had like a face thing where he peeled away his face. It was like a yes. plastic surgery, yeah. he said. But I feel like we do that. Like, the, like women do that now. I mean, we don't peel away like that. Like, <laughs> we we're not like, Bruh. But we have that sort of technology on more of a health side of things where we do facial peels and yeah. we do that sort of It was side pretty of exaggerated, things. but they really did allude to the, the thought that in 2015, plastic surgery is a huge thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said that, you know, he had had all this stuff done and then he peels off the old face and it's the new fresh face. Yeah. Well, kind of just alluding to it, not the way we do it, but certainly there is a plastic surgery um, obsession. Uh, That's right. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, the, so the home, we've got panels everywhere. Yeah, everything no light was, switches. was tech run. It was, yeah. There was no door handles like you use your thumbprint to yeah. open the door. Um, the one that I, you had mentioned it, and I just saw it and didn't even think anything of it because it was so common for us now, but yeah. flat panel TVs. Hanging on the wall. Yeah. Art off. Okay, I want channels 18, 24, 63, 180, 7, and weather channel. Weather channels bringing you world weather 24 hours. Yeah. And the Skype abilities. Hey, the big M. How's it hanging, McFly? Like, how, how did they nail that? And I don't even know how they did that. Did they have the technology to do I think about plasma TVs back in the 80s as being really the closest yeah. thing to a flat screen that they had. Yeah, and those were like the, the ones deep. that were like, yeah, deep. Yeah, and, and it was very heavy, very big. So. You couldn't hang it on a wall, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so flat screen TVs, they nailed that. Um, there was also the scenery, scenery channel. Yeah, uh, that rolled up just like blinds, and I mean we have TVs and computers that, that looked can be to me. Up. Now it looked like a projector screen. Yeah, a that's little bit. what it looked like. So yeah, we have projectors now mm-hmm. that are readily available. We've got them that can plug into a phone, and they're about this big. Yep. Uh, we've also got um, OLED display, which mm-hmm. we can roll up a screen, and boom, we're we're that's that's the roll up screen. So those yeah. are pretty in- impressive too. We don't have fax machines. Fax machines in every house? Three fax machines in every house? Yeah, Not quite. There are still areas of the world that use fax. Um, We're not one of them. uh, Unless you're at a government office. office. I use fax in my office. Yeah, there you go. Point in case. Well, I think that's all the time that we have. I wanted to talk about the price of cars being (laughs) $39,999,995. The most expensive car that I could find in our research for this episode was called called the Maybach Accelero, which was $8 million. 
So nowhere close to the no. $40 million mark. Right. But I mean, maybe the currency conversion isn't quite accurate, right? Because in so. Jamaica, it costs $350 for a burger. Okay, that's true. Right? But they so, also thought that Pepsi, a bottle of Pepsi, bucks. would be $50, right? In Back to the Future 2? Right. Yeah. Can I just say that's a win? Because if in the Pepsi Coke Wars, I am Team Pepsi. And oh, I love... Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Coke and just I cut off Pepsi, their sponsorship. I think Pepsi is coming <laughs> out with an addition. Um, you know how the, the Pepsi Perfect or whatever it was called? What was it called? I don't in know. The, I, in I, the I'm, movie? A, I'm a Coke guy, so. They're coming I'm out. A Guinness guy. They're coming out with <laughs> You're the bottle. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one, uh, can we hit on. Really quick, there is a. There was a uh, uh, delivery system at uh, the restaurant that gave. Yes, the TV. Food orders. They've yeah. got that. Uh, flying cameras looked exactly like drones. Yes, that's right. The um, USA Today had a, right. kind of a drone-like camera when the activity was going on at City Hall. Yes. Um, and there's so much else that we could cover on... I can't believe that we filled a whole hour uh, with talking yeah. about Back to the Future 2. There were so many great ideas that came to fruition. And as Sasha says, were they influenced by Back to the Future or were they like prophetic that this was coming? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it was influenced by... Uh, but uh, but we'll see what happens stuff. with the Cubs. Lots of fun. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it lately, go check it out. It was a lot of fun to watch it as an adult. Yeah. And a, a whole lot different than it was. Many years it since I've out. seen Back to the Future too. So that's all the time that we have for today, guys. Uh, thanks, everyone, for being here. Visit our website, www.category5.tv, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks. Good night. See ya. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 